The good news for the Bears, they're still tied for first place in the North. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Obviously, we didn't have the outcome that we wanted to have. You know, I got to make sure everybody's prepared to the level that we need them to be prepared. We just didn't play with enough energy. We weren't able to take very many chances down the field. You address the issues. Uh, you're very direct. It's never as good as you know you think it was. It's never as bad. And you take accountability. It starts with myself. Hopefully, this week we can go out there and have fun. You know, bring that energy and enjoy playing for one another. We've got a plan to attack the Bengals and improve our performance from week one. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Hot round! Hot round! With your hosts, Kevin Lapka. That boy is good. He's a great man. And you know this, man! And Jake Hassan. Gryffindor! I'm a motivator. I'm the dude. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Let's get it. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Bears Nation podcast, preview of week two against the Cincinnati Bengals for tonight on tap for this Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Chicago Bears are 0-1 following a 20-point loss to the LA Rams on Sunday night, four days ago, three days ago. And so now we look ahead to week two. If you missed our recap episode, recapping that game, breaking it all down, you can find that. Wherever you get your podcast, me and Kevin went about 45 minutes, an hour, I don't know, math, um, and we broke it all down. And this week, we're going to do Cincinnati because the Bears have their home opener this week against Cincinnati. Joe Burrow comes to town, a team that just beat Minnesota in an overtime thriller in week one. And I don't feel good about this game. I don't feel really? good about it. it. Really? No. I mean, look, look. How can every, you? How okay. can you? So, look, every year there are week one overreactions, and I think a lot of the assumptions we made about the Bears might not have been overreactions. There are certainly a few, but I think a lot of the assumptions and, and the things that people are starting to say about the Bengals might be a little bit uh, of an overreaction. It, it happens every single year. It's week well, one. You have well, like one week of part, data to interpret. What part of the so, Bengals game seems overreacting to you? Like, we know Joe Burrow's going to well, be a good quarterback. We knew they are going to have a good offense. I mean, it's not, look, it's not the fact that they won the game because any team can win any game on any game on Sunday. But if you kind of look at the stats and break it down, which we do, which we will do throughout this episode, you'll kind of see that the, the Vikings should have won that game. Uh, I don't know what happened. They kind of let it get away from them. They didn't really do well offensively. But on the defensive side of the ball, in a lot of different areas, they, they won that game. And the Bengals are still not a top 15 team top 16 team in the nfl i don't think we can surely enough say that after one week uh, one victory over minnesota vikings team that tends to lose games like this every year lose games to to below average teams in a fourth quarter game where they come back and end up losing a field like this happens very often for minnesota but the focus is on the bears and what they can do and on paper whether you like it or not the talent is better the talent is there where they should they as, as the home opener they should win this game. On paper, they should win this game against Cincinnati, given everything that they have, given, you know, kind of a week to to get over what the hell just happened on Sunday Night Football, going up against a good team in L.A., it, you know, in their home stadium, all these factors. And those aren't excuses, but I, I'm not – I think I'm more confident than you are. I, I will, we'll get to our game predictions at the end shocking. of the show. But, shocking that that's where we're at. But that well, never, seriously, that never I mean, happens. I'm gonna look throughout the show today. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you out stats and I'm gonna throw you out some things. And I guarantee you, by the end of this show, 
after the end of 45 minutes, hour, however long we go, you're going to be feeling a little bit better about where we're at and where you're putting your money down on this game uh, at the end of it. That's all I'm saying. So what concern, like, because outside of Andy Dalton, your concern level is high, but what else, you know, leads it to be high aside from Andy Dalton than, you know, the, the secondary and the defensive flaws that we saw on Sunday night? You just named the whole team. <laughs> you, you named everything. Like, you named everything except Dave Montgomery, basically, and no, the well, offensive I mean, line, which we know is an issue. Like, it's I mean, it's the fact that you looked so bad defensively on Sunday night, and that was supposed to be your rock, your staple, and the offense looked fine. Granted, it didn't go farther than 15 yards, 10 yards down the field, looked fine. But like I said on Monday, like you can't dink and dunk someone to death. And the problem is the the Joe Burrow-led Bengals are going to do that. And it looks like the Bears' defense can be exposed by things like that. And Joe Burrow led a, a game-winning drive with a perfectly floated pass down the sideline, multiple deep passes to his old college buddy, Jamar Chase. The Bears, A, don't have the firepower to keep up with that. First of all, I mean, if the Bengals go out there and score 30-plus, you're done. So now it's on the defense to show that they have some form of pride, which, I mean, given the quotes we saw today, some of them, I don't even know if the team is feeling even not prepared, but like wanting to go out there. Cause now, you know, it seems like the locker room's going through some turmoil maybe. And I mean, we'll get to it, but again, back to my original point, like if the Bengals put up 30 plus you're screwed, you're not keeping up with that offense. Uh, I mean, maybe, but this is like, and tweak over the idea that, well, and it partially it has to do with who the quarterback is. But once you get over this idea that defense is going to win you football games is when you start to feel bad about this team because it's not going to happen. Like the, the state of this defense, they, they will be better throughout the year than they were this week one on Sunday Night Football. I can guarantee you that they'll be better than that. But they're not going to be a top five defense this year. It's just not it's just not going to happen. And we have to come to terms and accept that. And once you accept that and, and once we understand how to win with offense – then you can have a more positive outlook on the team. But the reason why I say the Bears defense is going to be better this week. That is an outrageous is you look statement. At, what is an outrageous statement? To say that if you, that when you realize you win with offense, that makes you feel better. That's an outrageous yeah. statement to make given what we statement. saw. I, I said it last week. That is the state of the NFL now. Yeah, that's no, you're right about that. You're, you're right that that's where the NFL is. But the, that makes you feel better as a Bears fan about getting a win? How does that come well, that's why I say depends on the quarterback. Like, with Justin and guess Fields who we're gonna and, and, see? Well, okay. So listen. First of all, let's there, go back to the. Defense. I don't want to. There was a one hundred percent, a thousand times out of a thousand, in any multiverse, other Earth that there is out there. Every single one of them, where Matt Nagy is the head coach, and the and it's all stacked the same. Andy Dalton is starting this game. Revenge game. Andy showed some nice yeah, that's things. Not what I'm arguing. He showed some chemistry. Yeah. So, like Andy Dalton's going to start this game, and you're not going to you're not going to be able to keep up with them. I see. Okay, see, this is where I say we're talking about week one overreactions. You're not able to keep up with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. You can say we weren't able to keep up with the the Los Angeles fans, but this is still the Cincinnati Bengals, man. We're not talking about a top they five high good. powered offense in the NFL. They looked pretty good in one week, and they scored 24 points in in in, in a full game. 24 points. Okay, they scored 24. You know, the Bears could have easily scored 24 had they not thrown a red zone interception in their own territory. You know, like it, it's. 24 is not 
anything going crazy. But the reason I go back to the defense, the reason why they're going to be better is those two bust plays that are on for essentially 14 points. That's not going to happen again. That the odds of that out of pure luck and pure probability of the world, the odds of that happening twice in one game are extremely low. You look at the one play with Cooper Cup. We broke it down on our post game show, broken down coverage. It was quarters coverage. Marky Christian was either supposed to follow Cooper Cup or Eddie Jackson was supposed to pick him up. Big miscommunication. You'll never see a guy that wide open ever again for the rest of the year on this Bears defense. I can guarantee you that. Um, and then you look at the pressure. They may get Eddie Goldman back. All right. He practiced limited may return. If you get Eddie Goldman back, then you start, you're going to start to see more pressure on the quarterback, more, uh, more sacks, more hurries. And the reason why that's important is because first of all, the run defense looked good. All right. But last week, the Bengals were sacked six times, and Joe Burrow was pressured on 36% of his snap, which was the third highest rate in the league last week. And the six sacks uh, that they allowed was also third highest in the league. So this is this is a vulnerable offensive line. We knew that last year. It's, it's the same this year. They can get after this offensive line, and people question the Bengals in the 2021 NFL draft, drafting Jamar Chase over, you know, a Rayshon Slater over a – I think Sewell was taken at that point already. No, Sewell wasn't taken at that point. They could have taken Sewell. They ought to take the wide receiver, and their offensive line isn't as good because of it. They will have an opportunity to get after the quarterback, provide a little pressure on Joe Burrow. This team is not going to carve you up. They're simply not. I mean, Joe Mixon had 127 yards and a touchdown last week, but the Bears only allowed – yes, did the Rams run it very often? No. Did they have many opportunities to run it? No. They only ran for 74 yards last week. Bears had the sixth best rushing defense in the, in the league last week. So I – you're not going to see the defensive breakdowns we saw last week. The odds of that being replicated two weeks in a row are nearly impossible. I would love to have faith to Sean Desai is a smart enough guy to get things cleared up in those areas, but this defense will be better. I'm not expecting them to hold the Bengals to three points. Are they going to allow 34 to Cincinnati at home? No, no shot. I would bet. I would bet a hundred dollars if it. I don't know what the Bengals over is on, on their number. I would bet over a hundred dollars. They don't score more than 31. The Bengals do at home in Chicago. No shot. See the problem there is like, yeah, I agree with you that Joe Burrow isn't Matt Stafford and their passing attack isn't the same as LA's, but their running attack is also better. Joe, you just said Joe Mixon's sure. numbers from week one, and he's far and away better than Daryl Henderson, who LA was out there rushing for. And I mean, they're down to what, at least one running back who they lost uh, Cam Akers in the beginning of the season, but it's, it's different. Like I, I think Cincinnati can beat you in different ways because LA could beat you with just Stafford. But I think Cincinnati has a good enough quarter. I don't think Joe Burrow is a top 10 quarterback in the way that Stafford is, but, and he's going to be clear on the bears have enough guys they can run on their defense, especially in the secondary that can, stop the bleeding. I, I I don't think they have enough, just enough bodies, enough reliable bodies there that can stop Cincinnati from getting what they want. And speaking of which, Cincinnati's total for the game is 22 and a half. Okay. That's I very would take reasonable. the over on that. I don't know if I'm taking the over on that. I could see 21. Um, I, so the, so you're essentially saying, you're essentially saying that, the Cincinnati Bengals offense is more dimensional than more multi-dimensional than the Rams offense. Is that really what you're trying to sit here and tell me right now? I think they have more like more or equal weapons and LA's is better because they have Stafford. Who's a 10 top 10 quarterback. I'm saying Cincinnati <laughs> has, Oh no, their weapons. They have a, they have a running back and they have, okay. I mean, 
probably the same amount of receiving threats. No. Two to no, three. No, 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 no. The Rams have a much better offensive personnel set, including the offensive line. And that's where they probably it have, down to. But, but I'm saying they have, like, Cincinnati has a multi-dimensional, like, they're not just, they can, even if you shore up the busted coverage, Cincinnati has multiple options that they can, they have at least three, maybe even four that they can look at. That's not even counting Mixon. Like, I'm just saying there's multiple ways, even if you shore it up, that Cincinnati can find the weakness or the weaknesses in that defense, even if Eddie Jackson plays better, even if Jalen Johnson is on Jamar Chase like white on rice. Like, it's it, – it, they will find ways to hurt you. But this defense, I just think they don't have enough reliable guys. Well, there's a difference, too. Zach Taylor is nowhere near as smart as Sean McVay is, and that, that, that is fair, an extremely yeah. – that's extremely true. very important denominator. When, when I was watching Chris Sims breakdown of the play, he basically told us how Sean McVay used his familiarity with his defense in the past years to call that Cooper Cup post play that allowed them to beat that quarter's coverage and, 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 and lead to a touchdown. And that's the other thing about that game, too, as we refer back to week one. The Bears had seen the Rams – you know, three years before that you have fits point out. They had no idea. They had that you and you know, on this first drive of the game called play action bootleg down to Van Jefferson for ACR. That that that's not going to happen in this game. It's just not. You're gonna see more of an approach from the Bengals. They're they're gonna try to play a Bears what I think they're gonna do is try to play a Bears type game which is we're going to win. They have the ideology that you're saying, you know, okay, you know, we don't expect them to allow those many deep plays, but we saw, you know, their intermediate, their underneath off defense be a little bit, you know, kind of susceptible to some plays. We're going to kind of go slant routes and hitch routes and, 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 you know, hard ends to 10 yards. And we're going to run with Joe Mixon. We're going to try to win this game time possession. You're going to play us like Chicago, hard place to play. You know, that might be their ideology. And I, I just don't, I don't have enough evidence and enough data to say the Cincinnati Bengals office is explosive enough to put up over, you know, like I said, what, like 31 points or something. I just don't think it's going to happen. But to that, coming with that is what happens on the offensive side of the ball for the Chicago Bears. And that's why, again, every game, you know, the defense until I'll say this with uh, a little bit of an asterisk until the defense really figures things out. Every game is about the offense and how much they produce. Because like I said last week and the weeks before, and I'll say it every single week and it's every single time on this podcast, you're not winning games 14 to 13 anymore in this league with this Mm -hmm. team. It's not just about the trend of the league. It's about the team that you have. And you look at the Dallas Cowboys and you look at some other teams that have defenses that are far inferior to the Bears in football games because the pass for 500 years in a game, that's the reality of the Bears cannot win this game with 37 minutes of time that's not how you win but it's not this is where this is where what i noticed when i don't know if you watched the minnesota versus cincinnati game or looked at their highlights or, or followed any of their stats they were actually allowing a lot of yards to to minnesota tight ends service minute junior i don't i don't know i don't think he played in reception but jack Conklin, the guy who's interesting for that would have stat down um so last two things in the end of the ground what do you they've looked like in years past Far better. Like they, they looked like a seven or eight win team, three or four win team that they've been for the last five, six years. So, and sure. Matt Nagy, like, has not over and time and time again, has not shown the ability to make adjustments from game to game. So now, you know, okay, yeah, we need to throw the ball deeper downfield. And yeah, you got to utilize these guys more, but can you do it? Can you implement that? And I don't know that he can. And I think that. And we've said this before, like any coach we think with around the league would know that Justin Fields is your better option. And we think Matt, we think, we hope Matt Nagy knows that as well, but the kid's not in the game 
and he's getting in for these package plays and throwing one pass and mostly being used as a decoy. So it's like, and then the reports about, oh, they don't want to start him before week four. And, oh, they're going to try to use him more. And it's like, mm-hmm. why are we slowly ramping him up to the starting job instead of just giving it to him when your offensive coordinator is saying, oh, yeah, I think he's ready for anything. Bill Lazor said today, oh, yeah, I think in the preseason he was ready for anything. Anything you throw at him. And then when he gets asked directly, oh, well, then do you think he should start? He's like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to get into that. Just say what you think. I mean, I, I get it. You don't want to upset your head coach and, you know, he's in charge of your job, whatever. But. I mean, it's very clear that even the offensive coordinator thinks Justin Fields is the better option here. And Matt Nagy, because you know they're in meetings, and I'm sure he's saying this to Matt Nagy's face, and Matt Nagy's just saying, oh, no, we got to go with Andy. Well, what that what that quote tells me is that this argument and this debate and whatever conversations they were having was never about preparedness and never about him being ready for the moment because right. that's exactly what Laser said in the quote. He said he's been ready since the preseason. Mm-hmm. It was never about this. It was always about that dumb allegiance, the blind allegiance to Andy Dalton. That's exactly what it was, and we've been saying that on this show for weeks. If you've listened to the show one time, you've probably heard the phrase pinky promise uh, a million times. That's what it is. Guys, this isn't Matt Nagy, like, not like, – like, obviously, Jake said this last week too. You can't – like, the comparison between Mahomes and Alex Smith should never be brought up one more time because Justin Fields played a snap, okay, in, in week one. Never make that comparison ever again because Mahomes did not play a single snap for 17 games and Justin Fields played five snaps in week one. So throw that away. This is about some sort of dumb allegiance and not having the integrity to do what's right for your team. So that's what it's about. But the deeper the deeper kind of interpretation of that quote that I drew was the fact that these two guys are not on the same page. And I have a strong feeling Bill Lazor knows that Justin Fields is best for the offense. Justin Fields is best for him. I mean, again, everybody on this coaching staff is on the hot seat. Technically, if Matt Nagy's on the hot seat, which he is, Bill Lazor is saying, look, if I want to get a job after Chicago, uh, I would love to have Justin Fields at least make it look a little bit better for me. You know what I mean? I'm sure he he's in the in the room saying that, but everyone's not on the same page. And our producer, EP, Justin Kaufman, brought this up pregame. He said, look, you know, we kind of forgot that after 2018, you know, it, it, it was almost like, you know, we had the idea that Matt Nagy was an offensive go- guru and that was the thing. But almost even more than that was the fact that he was an extremely good players coach who brought an incredible culture to the team. And since 2018, I, I haven't seen a good culture. I haven't seen everybody on the same page. I would say I, this is the low point of that. This is the low point. I mean, two days Shall ago, Marquise Owen comes read the quotes from Let's today. read the quotes. That is prime time for Matt Nagy to just dig his heels in and be like, nope, I'm right. Because that is what he always does. We sh- he showed it when he took the play calling back. Like his pride was wounded because they show- they were better, and everyone was like, "Oh, look how much better they're doing." And his pride, he took the play calling back, and look what happened. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like you said, back to the game. But I mean, get ready for a healthy dose, of Andy Dalton, because it's gonna we're gonna hear about revenge game, and I'm so shocked we haven't yet. But we're gonna hear a revenge game for Andy. Like it's because he had it last team. year. He he I faced guess. off the Bengals, yeah. So that's probably yeah, why that's it's fair. not, and it's it's also different if he was going to Cincy, but it's sure. still like that's still you know the narrative, you know, right? So I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of Andy Dalton. I'm like I'm hoping we see more Justin Fields, but I'm not not counting on it whatsoever. But I, mean, I don't yeah. know, Jake. I, I I think we see more snaps. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think th- we I, do. I'm, I think we see more snaps. I, I'm not. I mean, I hope we get to see more than one pass from him. Like I still think that he's mostly going to be a decoy 
You know, I, I think I still think he's mostly going to be used as, oh, look, Justin Fields is out there. Never know what could happen. And then it's just going to be a handoff or it's going to be, you know, a draw or, you know, I, I have no confidence that Matt Nagy is going to let it let it rip. Well, there's the thing. So you you just explained it perfectly how the Bears can how the Bears can make that effective, because on Sunday night, every time Justin Fields came into the game, I was like, he's going to run the ball. You know, because why? First of all, why? Because the personnel was fucking stupid. Darnell Mooney was in the backfield. I'm like, okay, Darnell Mooney's in the backfield. We know what this is. He's going to drag across. He's going to go into motion, you know, underneath. And then and then Justin Fields is going to right dive up the middle. Like, come on. Nobody, like, right. uh, you, Justin Fields uses. Anyone. No, he uses pure athleticism and good blocking from J.P. Holtz and Al Robinson to score that touchdown. That was not good play design. That's just pure players making plays. All right. So what? But the reason why this plays in your hands is number one, the Bears ran three play action plays last week. Three. All right. Not really surprising. You have Andy Dalton. The hell is he going to do on play action? But if based off of what they did with Justin Fields last week, you are in the perfect situation to do exactly what the Rams just did: play action bootleg. Justin Fields attacks the line of scrimmage, doesn't run, hold pulls back. Darnell Mooney's there, wide open for a sixty-yard touchdown. That play falls right. Into oh it I I'm envisioning it right now. He has every single ability to do that in this game. I mean, yeah. it is wide open for him. But is he gonna do it? Probably not. But no. it's there. It's there given what we saw from him last week, Justin Fields. No, it absolutely is there. I mean, that's just further to our point of when Justin Fields is in this game, you have more options. And you know, and I think that's it's and of course it's so bears, it's so Matt Nagy to put him in and use him as just a decoy to try and think that they're gonna scare defenses when you know now the book's out and they're probably gonna do the same thing, thinking that they're outsmarting the defense when really they're not, and everyone knows they're not, and Justin Fields is just there to give handoffs. So yeah, and again, this is all back to my original point of why I'm not confident in this game, because it's just it, it continues like the more and more we talk about it, the more and more. I, I just know they're going to do the same old thing and be the same old bears and the same old Nagy, and we're going to end up frustrated. That, that Fair enough. Now, I want to go to another stat area where I think it, it could you know favor the bears despite them not throwing deep. Last week, Minnesota was the seventh, seventh most successful team in the NFL targeting running backs in the past game. The bears were number two last week. Minnesota was first overall last week and average yards per attempt to running backs was 6.9. So the Bengals, are they having trouble covering tight ends? Yes, they're also having trouble covering running backs. This is a great, great opportunity for the Bears to use Dave Montgomery and Dave Williams out of the backfield as receiving backs. This It's wide open for them. I don't know. The Cincinnati linebackers aren't that great. That's probably why you're seeing those tight ends and those running backs be so open because those are two primary coverage players uh, for those two positions. But uh, utilize it. I mean, Dave Montgomery is your best player on offense right now. Mm -hmm. Run the hell out of him. Give him 25 plus carries and target him out of the backfield. If you're a Dave Montgomery fantasy owner, you're loving it. You're absolutely freaking <laughs> loving it. I don't have him in any of my leagues right now, but I, I I wish I did. I am jealous. But this is a healthy dosage of Dave Montgomery, uh, not only as a runner, but out of the backfield as well. You have and Damian Williams, because I'm still starting to think they're missing Tariq Cohen a little bit, but I still do have faith Damian Williams can be can be that receiving back we talked about in the offseason. I, yeah, I mean, I guess, but again, it's back to utilization. I mean, just one of those things where you, you know, that, that's where you got to hope that they can 
utilize him correctly and hopefully have the opportunities to utilize him. But I mean, we'll see what happens. And, you know, speaking of the offense, Larry Borum didn't practice today. So there's your backup mm-hmm. uh, left tackle. Jason Peters was limited. So it looks like he's on track to play at least um, and get bullied again, probably. But get bullied. I, I mean, he bullied. He was fine. Wasn't great. I, still, yeah. I, I think I would rather have it flip flopped. I think I would rather have Borum be the one practicing on and on track to start because, I mean, like you said, like, like you said a couple weeks ago, Bora or not Borum, Peters is serviceable, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, we didn't get to see him <laughs> for that long, but I mean, hopefully he can at least just be average because the offensive line showed you enough where they can create some holes for David Montgomery to run at least. And obviously Cincinnati's defensive line isn't as good as LA's. They don't have an Aaron Donald, but that's going to be like, that's how you're going to win this game. That's how we've been saying it since last season. You're going to win this game. Ground and pound, you have to use David Montgomery, who currently is your best player on the field. Have to use him. Have to set up the rest of the game through the run. Even if you are just going to try and dink and dunk and paper cut them to death, you got to establish the run to at least open something up. So they're not just keyed on all short routes, and they're not keyed on – like so you can at least do something. Because David Montgomery's capable of these 40-plus yard runs. We saw it last week. We've seen it this season already. So you got to use him. Yeah. Again, utilization, using your players properly. Use your best player properly. You're right. I mean, they, it, but it's not, they can't win this game purely ground and pound. You, no, you, like, no, you, no, it no, has no. to be a mix, but they have to establish that. If they don't but establish it, it, it be, that's what, it has to be has a major, like you have to lean more towards the running game. Sure. Yes. You know, and that's not, that's not how we'd want it to be, but given right. the, what you have in offense, that's the way it has to be because we just right. don't have the faith in any Dalton to, to put up 300 yards, three touchdowns and consistently, connect on deep throws. The thing I found interesting too, is the fact that the bears had 10 first down rushings, uh, first downs rushing. So I think once you start to get into those third and, and short situations, even second and short, uh, I, I would like to see more Dave Montgomery there. And I know I typically am not a fan uh, of passing it or, or of running it on like a third and four that typically pisses me off. But based on what we what we've seen and the amount of first downs that he got and the amount of broken tackles this man is able yeah. to to create, I I don't really I I'm gonna sit here and say right now I'm not gonna I, I do not have the right to complain on Sunday if they if they do run third and four because that's what's best for the team right now. So that's what's interesting well, too, and, and because it seems like the alternative is just a screen pass that goes for negative two yards exactly. on third and any exactly yard, so. exactly. So that's the. Uh, the best of those two options. The other thing too, as you mentioned, screen passes, um, they were third to last in the lead. The bears were a third lowest rate of yards after catch per reception at 3.3. And we talked also, we talked 3.3. <laughs> are you serious? We talked all last year or uh, last off season rather about how this offense is set up for yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and typically screenplays are one of the functional ways to do that. I don't know why they're breaking down blocking hasn't been good. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but you gotta, you, you gotta give your guys the ball with open space. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. that is what you have. You have guys who can make magic in open space, man. You got to give them the right situations. Uh, it's uh, 3.3, 3.3 <laughs> per reception. Like these guys are too fast to have that number be the third lowest rate in the league. Right. And I think that goes back to Goodwin's quote about I could just all I can do is go out there and do my job. And what's (laughs) what I'm told to do, because I'm not the one calling plays. You got to call the right place. Like you got to take these shots. And like I'm sure we'll see a couple 
shots. But again, it's like, if they don't work, are we just going to ditch it all together? And then we're just going to be back in the same situation that we were against LA. And so I don't know. You like you, you can't lose this game because no. the, if you lose this game, then you're starting the year. zero and three, because I don't, if you lose this game, you're not ble- beating the Browns for sure. So, I, I mean, you yeah, need probably. this game badly. You need this if game you- real badly. The odds of team making the playoffs uh, going on two are just over ten percent. So I, I know people are going to well, sit here. Well, what are they when they're zero three? But at probably three percent, maybe lower. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even. The Bears haven't been zero two since twenty seventeen. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a while. Um, so I don't know. I I, I don't know, Jake. I, I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm still not that worried. Am I nervous? But no. But I'm not that worried. Um, and, and I think the other thing too is I, as we talk about going zero and two, and as we talk about you know playoffs, yeah, I know there are people who listen to that who are like, "What the hell are you talking about? Like playoffs aren't a thing for this team." Like, no, they can be, they can be in this division with Justin Fields, they can be. So mm-hmm. there is validity to actually saying that going zero two is bad for your team, that playoffs are a possibility because if you are somebody who thinks playoffs aren't a thing, but at the same time says the Bears could have beat the Rams with Justin Fields, then you're, you're arguing to, you're contradicting yourself. So you either have to be all in. And, and you know, I think this team is still, I have to see it more, but I think, I think they're still talented enough to be a playoff team if this division continues at the trend it's going in. So you got to win this game. You, it is an absolute must win. If you don't win it, you might be able to write the season off unless Justin Fields starts week three and pulls off a miracle. If you don't win this game, you might as well start rebuilding for 2022, most likely. Um, so, well, and that's the problem too, because if you do win this game, it's, it probably means Andy Dalton is starting week three. So it's like it's kind of like pick your own evil. I don't know. Like pick, I don't like, know. Pick, because unless unless Andy Dalton is so bad in the first half, and Justin Fields is able to lead a second half comeback win, and then he starts week three. But I mean, if you win this game, you know, if you win this game without Andy Dalton being pulled. Or, or if Justin Fields is the only reason you score in this game and has limited stamp, uh, snaps, stamps, uh, snaps, <laughs> then like, it, then I, if you win this game, otherwise I have no reason to believe that Andy Dalton doesn't start week three if you come out with a win. As unfortunate yeah, as it is to say. It's possible. Which I mean, it, it, which I mean, still then isn't as bad because then you have the potential to go into week three, one and one. Okay, you put up a stinker. Andy Dalton in the offense puts up another stinker. Justin Fields starts week four against the Lions. There is the potential for that, and then you could get back to two and two. But right. I mean, it's a it's a position that like you'd still rather not be in because I mean, with Andy Dalton, the full game of Andy Dalton, there is a chance. I'm not saying it'll happen, but there is a chance that you lose the game and then you're zero yeah. and three going into the Lions game. Yes, there's a chance. The, 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 I think the funniest possible scenario of this game is Bears score like 28 points, maybe 31 points, uh, and Justin Fields scores four touchdowns and has like 13 yards total. Uh, I, I Because they the, the, they kept bringing him in in the red zone. It would be yeah. insane. But the, he was, I think, what do you have, five total snaps. I think two of them were in the red zone. Uh, the, there was the first drive, and then there was the touchdown drive. They're going to give him opportunities in the red zone. The question is, how many opportunities? If they give him one play, I mean, he better be sharp sure. on the one play because that's all they're giving you. I don't know why the hell they wouldn't give him more because he's the only guy that can actually produce in the red zone. Maybe they recognize that. But I, I, again, this is a stupid, stupid, stupid idea to do that. 
But if it does happen, I could totally like it's even outrageous to see that Justin Fields could literally score three to four touchdowns if given the red zone opportunities. And Andy Dalton has like 200 yards of passing, uh, but has zero touchdowns because Justin scored them all, which would be yeah. so f-ing funny, but also so yeah. stupid. I would be angry because you could have like, oh, it make no sense. I mean, you said it, Jake. What that guy say? 2020 quarterback, Andy Dalton? Gets you to that 20-yard oh, line. Mike Lombardi, yeah. He's, Mike he's Lombardi. Andy Dalton, 2020 quarterback. He gets you from one 20-yard line to the other 20-yard line. And you score no touchdowns. Like, which which is what we saw last week for valid. sure. So, valid. Yeah, I mean, it's really valid. Before we get into our official predictions for the game, just real quick, just so the listeners know, you know, the state of the team. So I already said Larry Borum didn't practice today. Or, yeah, didn't practice today. It doesn't look like. You may not have him available unless he gets into practice tomorrow. Jimmy Graham did not play, but that was just a veteran resting day. Eddie Goldman practiced. Jason Peters practiced. Robert Quinn practiced. Uh, those guys were all limited. And then Marquise Goodwin, Joel at Big Bidet, and Darnell Mooney were all full participants. So looks like Larry Borum is going to be the only person you're without, I'm barring some kind of setback from Eddie Goldman or Jason Peters. But, I mean, it's a start. It's good that Khalil Mack didn't pop up there this week. I, I mean, that's say the same something. Thing. I mean, granted, he didn't give you anything last week, but I mean, it's a start. It's a start from, you know, where you were last week when you had more guys injured and at least listed as injured. And now you have a couple of them seemingly off that list, which puts you in a better I, spot. Much better spot. I would love to see Larry Borm out there because Larry Borm played, I think, played well uh, in the limited snaps that he played. But mm-hmm. if Eddie Goldman plays, Guys, like, we don't have to tell you the impact this guy has on the defense. Like, this, right. I, I, I'm starting to believe this could be the most valuable player in your defense. Like, the way the, the, the ADA and evidence we have, the numbers I, of this I defense. would still say Akeem Hicks is up. Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith are probably still right. Top they, two, I mean, but yeah, they probably are. But just looking at those numbers with and without him, it's astonishing. And yeah. if you see, if he comes back next week and they play well, like, you know, correlation without causation, like it, it's not just that Eddie Goldman made the difference, but it, maybe it is. Like, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but what <laughs> I want to see, what I want to see, I want to see Khalil Mack get like 25 sacks in a game. Like I, I need, I've been saying it for three years. <laughs> Every single play is a Khalil Mack sack. I've been seeing, I've been saying it for three years. I've been waiting on that, that type of game that he had against Green Bay week one, the first game that he was here. I've been yeah. waiting on a game like that. And we've had games that are close to that, but we haven't had a, a game yeah. like that where he is clearly the best player on the field and the best defensive player in the league by a large margin. He's an absolute game wrecker. Game wrecker. I need a game wrecking game from Mack. They had the chance to do it against a, a subpar offensive line. If it were to happen, it would happen this week. I'm not going to give you a bull prediction that Mack's going to get five sacks. He's not going to pull a Chandler Jones from last week. But... He needs to he needs to be at least get one or two. He needs to be a game wrecker and maybe not in sacks, but hurrying the quarterback. Let's get one hurry. One pressure. Hits. Hits. He didn't even hit the quarterback last yeah. week. Yeah. One hit. No. And and that's kind of it sounds silly to say, but if you want to win games, your best players have to play like your best players. Like Khalil Mack, it's it's outrageous that he didn't have a sack, that he didn't even have a quarterback hit. Like it's outrageous. Yeah. And granted, some of that was holding that was either ignored or not called, or maybe both. And it's unfortunate, but it does happen. But your best players got to play like your best players. I, I mean, you got you need Roquan Smith played decently well against LA, but he was the only yeah. one. I mean, Akeem Hicks had the half sack that really was the, he probably should have had the full sack. Robert Quinn was kind of yeah, you know whatever there. But I mean, Khalil Mack, Jalen Johnson, I think is it played decently as well. But Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack 
one and two, if you want to win the game, if you want to win games going forward, those guys need to play better. Eddie Jackson has to be like, yeah, okay, I'll start tackling people. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hopefully that's all. Insane, which sounds yeah. insane to say about an NFL starting safety, but he has to say, okay, yeah, I'll start tackling people again. Yes. Uh, you know, I think Eddie Jackson is somebody who listens to criticism and is somebody who is willing is to. He? We've been saying he needs to tackle for like since last season. I know. I don't know. I, I, I have trust that Eddie Jackson will be able to fix his game. I I, I do have trust. I don't know if I'm. You couldn't fix it over an off season. I I don't know. I don't know. Just let he me have my it, my blind faith. You couldn't fix it over four months. Let me have my blind faith. You're right. It, it it's been it's, you know, not encouraging that it didn't happen or the last year of the off season. But uh, I don't know. I let me have trust in Eddie Jackson. But what I was gonna say is, where the hell is Travis Gibson? Can we get him on the field? You're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Might as well try out Travis Gibson, the guy with an absolutely great preseason. Get him out there. See what Travis Gibson can do in replacement for Robert Quinn. Also, I didn't really, you know, I don't. It didn't look right to see Robert Quinn not wearing gloves. I did uh, that. That felt a little weird to me. Uh, I know Akeem Hicks doesn't wear gloves, didn't, but it, 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 it was weird. It was it was weird not seeing him wear gloves. I don't know why. Because uh, edge rushers, I don't know. I feel like maybe he thinks that's like grittier. He doesn't wear gloves. It's like yeah, like I'm using like not wearing sleeves hands. in December or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's Chicago Bear football, man. No gloves, like let's go. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's where he's at, but we're running out of time. We gotta do game predictions. Uh, first of all, yeah. let's read the line here. Uh, according to FanDuel, Bears are favored by one and a half, but this line has been moving in the Bengals' favor. I think it started at like three and a half, two and a half, three and a half. Uh, it yeah, moved today half. only. Like last night, it was three and a half. It's moved two points today alone. Yeah, so uh, don't know what's going on there. Over under forty four point five. And Jake, I went twelve and four on my money line picks this last week, uh, nice, so nice, I, nice. I am a reliable source. And Jake and I both went one and zero last week. Uh, and, uh, and I legitimately work on a gambling show, so and he he does work on a gambling <laughs> show on on in a top radio on the probably top radio station in the third <laughs> biggest market in the country. So I'd hope Jake would know what he's talking about. Uh, but over under spread money line, who we got for every single one. So when it was three and a half, I would I was saying the Bengals, like I took that line as soon as it opened, like three and a half. I do think the Bears. I mean, I think the Bears win, but I think it's going to be barely. Like it's going to be ugly, and, and I don't love it. But I mean, I think the Bears win this, like twenty-one to seven, twenty-one to eighteen, or to like twenty-four to yeah. twenty-one, something weird. Um, to like 20 yeah 21 to 20 i'll even say like it, it's gonna be ugly i just don't have the confidence that this bears team can score enough points i, I mean my reasonable brain says you're right the cincinnati offense isn't gonna have as much success against as the bears defense as the rams did because they are different offenses but i just think that the potential is there um mm-hmm. for them to go to do that and score 30 plus against you i think the potential is there I would hope that the Bears have enough pride where they kind of pick it up and they say, all right, well, we're going against a, a worse team. We got to yeah. punch them in the teeth this week. Um, my official score prediction, I mean, I'll I'll go Bears 21, Bengals 20. Bear, I think they barely win. One point um, win. So, so I, think, I think it's going to go under, obviously, as well. 
because uh, you need the defense to play well. And obviously you're not going to be scoring a lot of points with this offense unless you put Justin Fields in the second half or something. But as things stand, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Um, and I think you're just going to have to really grind it out. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, a lot of fans bought tickets to this game hoping they'd see It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be a frustrating, frustrating game to watch. Um, but I, I do think they're going to come up with a win. I'll go 24-20 Bears, so I'm going to take the spread and the money line on that. And I think uh, it is the under, though. Uh, I think 44.5, yeah, that'd be the under. So, uh, And I'm, I'm completely serious. I, I just proposed this as kind of a joke five minutes ago. I, I think there is a very legit scenario that all three touchdowns I scored by Justin Fields. I think there is a very... Very legitimate scenario that that happens. I, I, I'm because they're yeah. not scoring a 70 yard touchdown. They're not scoring a 60 yard touchdown. Most likely, they're going to get into the red zone. They're going to try out Justin Fields, and it's going to be you know Justin Magic in the red zone. That is, that is my guess. So I'm going with the Bears win. Um, we're Jake and I are 100. So you should listen to us. Um, but <laughs> again, you can't blame us if we're wrong. Uh, you but again, I also think like the reason I think the Bears us. win this game is because of the desperation spot they're in. Like you need to win this game, otherwise you're going zero and three. If yes, you lose and- this game, you're losing to the Browns. Like right. if you win this game and you look better, then you can maybe make the case that you can have a chance to beat the Browns, especially because they're the Browns and Baker Mayfield always crumbles in the biggest spot. But if you lose this game, if you lose to the Bengals, who are not going to be better than a seven-win team, eight-win team at best then you're not beating the Browns, who are going to be a playoff team, who are the favorites to win the AFC North. You're not. No, you're not. And traditionally, when the Bears played the Buccaneers last year, what were the were they undefeated at the time? No. The, uh, they were four. They were three and one. And I think they were coming say, off. Because they had lost to the Colts. They were coming off that one loss. So traditionally, yeah. honestly, the, you know, early in the season, obviously uh, last year you lost six in a row. Early in the season, they, they've been pretty good at, at coming back after a loss because you also think about early in the season, two years ago, Bears-Broncos, uh, you know, where they went to mile high yeah. against Denver after losing that game to Green Bay. Sure. That's a very hard place to play. I thought they were going to lose that game. They ended up winning on a 53-yard Eddie Pinero field goal. Um, this will be a close game, but they're pretty resilient early on in the season, I think. So I, I have a reason to believe they're going to come out a little bit of fire. And there is a big, big difference. I think I think this year, more than years prior, you will see a very, very big difference between this team at home and away. I, I think that's the reality of this team and just kind of the energy this year. Last year wasn't a factor because fans weren't there, so we're not really going to include last year when we're talking about this. But Soldier's a hard place to play. I mean, a lot former... <laughs> well, uh, if the fans are on your side, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> you may not have all the fans still, on your side. Yeah, well, that that is that is the thing, Jake. Like, this is traditionally a very loud and rowdy fan base. But how loud and rowdy are they going to be if Andy Dalton throws an interception after the first quarter, and all of a sudden it's third down in the red zone? Traditionally, you're really, really, you know, upbeat. But everyone's just kind of like, man, Andy Dalton's here. Like, I don't want to get his, ex-, you know, exactly. you might be right on that. But nonetheless, Soldier Field's hard place to play. Lock it in, Bears twenty four twenty. Let's get it. I know I said I wasn't going to get excited for this game. I'm back. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right. We're both taking the Bears to win. Kevin to, has them covering the spread. I have them just barely edging it out. Low scoring game. I think it's going to be an ugly game. So we will be back after said game on Sunday or Monday. Who knows? I don't know. We do weird stuff here. But anyway, we'll be back somewhat early after the game to break it down, bring you our breakdowns and everything that we like to talk about give you the instant reaction and we'll be back again right here to preview week three later next wednesday but thank you to everyone who watched thank you to everyone who listens we appreciate you we know this is not the most fun the last couple episodes but it'll get better it'll be fine 
So we're all going to get through this together. Thank you all for coming. We'll see you next time. And as always, bear down.